Good morning, Messiah Campus, and good morning to our online campus. If this is your first time to join us here, we are in a series of 40-day journey with God. And uh, in this journey, it's all about obedience. It's all about trusting God. It's about testing. It is about hearing and, lo- and listening to God. It's about being set apart in preparation for the, the work of God in, 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 in our lives. So we started this series looking at the life of Noah. It's all about obedience. When, Jesus, when God said to him, build an ark, he obeyed. And when God said, it's time for you to enter the ark, it's all about obedience. But on that 40 days and 40 nights of rain, and after it, it, it stopped, Noah stayed for another 110 days. So it's a total of 150 days. What do you think Noah is doing on the boat? He's listening and he's hearing from God. That's the only thing that he could do there, listen to the voice of God. We talk about Moses. God called him to go to the mountain of, Mount Mur- of Sinai, and he, he stayed there for 40 days and 40 nights. It happened not only once. He went there thrice, and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. What did he do there? He recorded. He listened to the voice of God. He took time to listen to the Ten Commandments and wrote it down. We talk about Elijah. And we said after, when, when, when Elijah had experienced that, that victorious battle with the, with the 450 prophets, the wicked queen Jezebel threatened him, and, and, and after that, he got feared. He said that's why he traveled for 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Mount Oreth. And in that cave, he heard the voice of God, not in the earthquake, not in the wind, not in the fire, but he heard the voice of God whispering to him. So these 40 days, it's our prayer as we, as we end this, as we finish this series, that we will walk in obedience, that we will learn to trust God, and that we will learn to hear and distinguish his voice. Today we're going to talk about the life of, Je- of Jesus, his 40-day journey. And our key text is in Luke chapter 4, verse 1 to 13. Most of the time, this passage, we always put it as Jesus' temptation. But actually, this is not just a temptation. It is also a test. The greatest test is whether Jesus would pass the challenge that God set for him. Would he follow the path of a humble suffering servant to fulfill his mission or is going to fail and, and, and will not resist the temptation and accomplish it in a way that worldly doing it. We always have to remember God will never tempt you. Okay? James 1.13, it says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted, tempted to, do, to do wrong. And he never tempts anyone else. God tests you, but he never tempts you. God will test you to move you forward, to pull you forward, you know, to push you forward, for you to grow and for, for you to mature. But the enemy will tempt you to pull you back. 
The enemy, God will test you to bring out the best in you, but the enemy will tempt you to bring out the worst in you. So let's dive in and let's see what lesson can we learn in Jesus' 40-day journey with God. What does it mean to us, Jesus going into that wilderness for 40 days? And what is that transformation that happened to him in that 40 days? Point number one in this 40 days of formation, discipleship always includes formational experience. In Luke 4, verse 1 and 2, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. We have to understand when we talk about discipleship and when we talk about the formation, there are principles that we need to understand as well. Even Jesus experienced it in Applides. The principles of sonship. Before Jesus went into the wilderness, Luke chapter 3, he got baptized. And, and, and after that baptism, God the Father made an affirmation and said, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. There is that affirmation that's saying, you are my son. You are my son. And probably you're saying, well, that's God. But actually, when you got saved, when you received Christ, God made you and entered you into his family. You are the son and a daughter of Christ, and you can call him Abba, Father. There is that identity of being a child of God. Another principle that we need to learn here is the principle of submission. Jesus submitted. The father said, well, you know, to, to his son, he's my son, in whom I'm well pleased. Why do you think God the father said that he's pleased with his son? Because Jesus said, I can only do things that would please my father. I am submitting to his will, and I'm just going to do what, what his will is for, 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 for me. That is the principle of submission. Are you submitted to God's will? Do you want to know God's will in your life, or are you escaping the temptation and just do your own will? Another principle here that Jesus displayed is the principle of being filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. Being full of the Spirit. Jesus did not overcome Satan as God. Though he was God, and he is God. Jesus overcame Satan as a man filled with the Holy Spirit. He, Jesus did not come uh, and, and, and overcome Satan with his inherent power. He did not use that because he wanted to set an example to us and to his disciples. That's why in Hebrews chapter 4, he said there, This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for we face all of the same testings we do. Yet he did not sin. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He depends on the power of the Holy Spirit. He knows the work of the Holy Spirit. He knows that the Holy Spirit convicts us. 
There is that, you know, there is that warning, warning, warning. There is temptation. That is a sin. The Holy, you know, Jesus knows that. He knows that the Holy Spirit will comfort him in a time that he is hurting. The world's peace that surpasses all understanding. During the time of the wilderness, this is what Jesus experienced. He was moved in the direction that pleases God. He was directed by the Holy Spirit, and he just depended on the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 4, verse 8, it says there, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. But for, for you to live by these dictates, you will die. But if, th if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. It is not your own power. It is God's divine power. It is stopping the power of the Holy Spirit, not your own strength, but the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. Not only that he, depended, he depends on the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus prompts, follows the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 verse 24, it says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. If we walk in the Spirit, we will not gratify the desire of our flesh. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step of the Spirit, with the Spirit. Let us follow His lead. How are you going to do that? Spend time. Listen. Then you will recognize His voice and His direction in your life. Jesus depends on the power of the Holy Spirit and is just following the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Point number two Temptation is strongest in our moments of vulnerability. You have the, the sonship, the submission, the power of the Holy Spirit, and in the wilderness, there will be temptation. And this is a 40-day formation. Luke chapter 4, verse 12, uh, 4 and 2, it says there, He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days, and Jesus ate nothing. Let's look at the possibility of temptation. Temptation can come to any person. You know, being a Christian does not bring immunity to temptation. If the devil has the audacity to tempt the Son of God, don't you think he would tempt you? Coming to Christ does not mean there's the absence of temptation. If we think that we will not be tempted, we tempt the devil to tempt us. You are putting yourself in a most vulnerable situation for temptation if you are saying, I can handle that. I can go to that place and I will not be tempted. You are just saying and you are exposing yourself and setting yourself to failure, and you just are exposing your, your pride. And that's what the enemy wants in your life. 
you will become vulnerable to this temptation. And if you are saying this, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says this in verse 12. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Whenever you say, I can never do that, I can never sin, you made yourself vulnerable. Another thing, temptation can come in any period. Jesus, before going to the wilderness, there was a glorious day for him. He was baptized and he got that affirmation. And also, not only the affirmation from the Father, the Holy Spirit came down as a dove. There is that glorious moment in his life. But after that, there is that temptation. Remember, when you got saved, when you said, Lord, I repent, and now this time I'm going to turn and going to follow Christ. After that, when you said that, there is that temptation from your friends. Hey, come here. Come and join us. Every time there is an applause from heaven, there is also an assault from hell. The enemy will always do a counterattack every time you experience revival. Every time when you, after the retreat, after the worship night, wow, this is great. Be careful because the temptation will come in any period. Temptation can also come in any place. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, and Jesus overcame. Remember Adam. Adam was tempted in the garden, and Adam fell. The first Adam fell in the garden. Second Adam, this Jesus, overcame in the wilderness. Satan doesn't care whether you are in the garden or you are in the wilderness. He will come and he will tempt you. But there's a good news. You don't need to do it alone. Because God said, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you could stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. Even when we are faithless, God is faithful. Not only that, that he is faithful, he will provide a way out. In every temptation, always remember there is a way out for you. And he's providing that for you. The only thing that we need to do is we need to submit. James 4, 7. Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. How do you fight our way out? That's it. Submit first to God. Before, I thought the first thing that you need to do is to resist the devil. No. The first thing that you need to do is you need to submit to God. That's the first thing that you need to acknowledge. When you say, I submit to God, then you are saying you have to acknowledge that what you are doing is wrong. That is one of the ways that you are submitting to God. When you are saying that I submit to God, then you are saying I need help. God, I need you. 
and I need help. Another thing, if you are in a time of vulnerability, you need to pray. Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Just like what the song, the song we sang a while ago. Lord, I need you. You're the, oh, every hour, God, I'm going to submit to you. You are my defense, and I need you. Another thing is go to the word. Psalm 119, verse 9 to 11. How can a young person stay on the on path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me astray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's good to carry the Bible in your purse. And it's good to carry, you know, you have that Bible in your app. But the best place for you to hide that Bible, the Word of God, is in your heart. Jesus quoted scriptures in Deuteronomy chapter 8 when he was attacked by the enemy. Another thing is that you need to be right with right people. To be with the right people. 1 Corinthians 15, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought. Stop sinning. We make ourselves vulnerable if we are with the wrong people. If we hang out with the wrong people. Because hanging out with the wrong people, then you will go in a wrong place. When you go into that wrong place, then you will do what is wrong. And after that, you will wonder why. In time of vulnerability, submit to God. Pray. Have the word and be with the right people. Third point, temptation distorts what is good for selfish gain. We have to understand that temptation is anything that promises self-gratification at the cost of obedience to God. That is temptation. The devil tempted Jesus three times. It says there in verse, the first, the first temptation in verse 3, the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone. Why don't you make this stone turn into bread? During the time, Jesus is pursuing the God the Father. He's pursuing the will of the Father and his mission. But the enemy is trying, which is so subtle, because turning that stone into bread, it's reasonable. It is for our nourishment. But Jesus is saying, if I will give in to that, my reliance to God is at stake. Same thing with us. Sometimes when we pursue career, there's nothing wrong about it when we pursue a relationship. But when, if you feel that you're already that, 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 that way wherein you feel it is already self-sufficient and you are becoming independent and you are, you are forgetting God and you don't need God, you don't need His help in your career, then there is that temptation. 
What Jesus is saying to the enemy, he's saying, I know my relationship to the Father, and I will trust him, and I will rely on him on my needs. The second temptation that Jesus faced, the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in, in, in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of the, these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said. Because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied in Deuteronomy again. The scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The second temptation that Jesus faced is about success. It's about power. It's about position. It's about authority. Jesus already knows that it belongs to him. But he knows, you know, the enemy is tempting him to get the kingdom without the cross. He's asking Jesus, you have your throne, you have your kingdom. You don't need to go, just take it. It's yours. But Jesus understood for him to take that kingdom, that throne and authority, he needs to die. He needs to rise again. And he needs to suffer. And after that, it belongs to him. That is, when you have that temptation, be careful on the things that is offering to you. Anything that would not cost you anything, that is a temptation. Even when Jesus asked us to follow him, Jesus said, come follow me, but there will be testings in your life. There is a cost. But the reward is you will inherit and you will be with him in heaven. The third temptation that Jesus experienced, then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you and guard you. And will hold you up with their hands so you won't hurt your foot on, on stone. Jesus responded, the scripture also say you must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. The third temptation Jesus faced is the same temptation we face too. That is the temptation that relates to others' perception and expectation of us. He's asking Jesus to jump. Here, hello, jump, Jesus. The angels will guard you. The temptation there is, I don't want to presume what the, what the Father will tell me. I will still going to rely. There is the temptation whenever you are with your, in your work, in your workplace, with your friends, there is that perception that you should act and behave this way. And the temptation is you will give in to what that perception that be. Jesus remembered his identity, that he is the son. What he needs to do is to remember, I need to please the father, not the perception of others. In this 40-day formation, in a time with God, we have to remember your, it is all about faith that the enemy will attack. Noah's faith, 
Moses' faith, Elijah's faith has been tested because the faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. You will go into testing. You will go into that wilderness. There is that 40-day formation because your faith should be tested and it can be trusted. Faith that can be tested can be trusted.